With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Well, welcome to a another night of Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer over the next two hours, give us a call. Wherever you are, um, across um, the nations, across the coastline, from one corner of the earth to the other, Father, we are asking that you would reach out to the hearts and the lives of your children tonight, Father. Lord, that you would give them wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Holy Spirit, that you would reveal Jesus Christ to them. That tonight you would visit us. You would expand the borders of our hearts, Father. Expand our expectations. Expand our believing, Lord. Increase our faith tonight, Lord. Your word declares that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we ask tonight speak to us, Lord. Father, like a man speaks to another man, Father, as you spoke to Moses on the mountain, Lord. When he asked to see your glory, Lord, tonight we desire to come in contact with you, Father. Father, give us ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord. Turn our hearts towards you so that we can understand, Father. Father, for anyone out there tonight who doesn't know you, Lord, your word declares that you're not willing any should perish, but that all should come through repentance. So God, we ask, reach out tonight to the lost sheep, Father. Lord, reach out to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and cause Israel and Jerusalem to be a blessing on the earth. Lord, we declare your will, your kingdom, to be done on this earth, Father. And we incline our ear to you, Holy Spirit. We give you complete and total control over this broadcast, over the next two hours. To have your way, Lord, in our lives. Have your way in our hearts. Father, we give everything to you tonight, Lord. We lay down our lives before you, hiding them in the cross. Father, asking that your will would be done, Lord good, perfect, and acceptable will, Lord. Father, your word declares that we are your workmanship, that we were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which you prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Lord, just as your word declares that a man will plan his ways, but you direct the steps, and you said the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So, Father, we commit our ways to you, Lord, tonight. Asking for your will to be done in our lives, Father, in every situation, Father. Lord, make us worshipers. Make us hearers, Father, who are willing to hear your voice, Father. 
Lord, who are willing to be obedient, Lord, to your calling, Father, to the words you've given us. Father, we declare and stand in agreement with you. Whereas you said that the work that you started, you would complete in us until the day of Christ Jesus. Father, we honor you tonight, Lord, declaring that you are God, you are King. Declaring, Jesus, that you have the name that is above every name. That at your name, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord to the glory of God the Father. Your word declares to be still and know that you are God. Father, tonight we marvel in your presence.
Well, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. So, hopefully y'all can hear me tonight. Um, I had to switch computers. Um, so, um, it's going to be an interesting um, broadcast tonight. I'm going to um, go with... Um, I'm going to go in a direction, and I'm going to trust if it's um, not suitable, the Holy Spirit will lead me in a different direction. Um, So I heard this, um, I guess we'll just talk for a second about this and just see what y'all say or what y'all think, um, especially those of you in the chat room. Um, I heard, um, I saw a post on Facebook the other day, and... um, there is a preacher named um, Bill Johnson in California, an amazing man of God um, who has amazing revelations about the Lord. And he made a comment in one of his videos about how how is it that we put so much emphasis on the physical Bible itself, that the disciples of Jesus did not have, and less emphasis on the Holy Spirit of the living God, which they did have. And I heard that, and I didn't really have much of a chance to really stop and think about that that phrase. Um, you know, at first off... Um, we have a um, prayer request for a pastor in Iran. Um, his first name is spelled Y-O-U-S-E-F. Um, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, um, but he's been persecuted for his faith in Christ Jesus. Lord God, your word declares, if we know that you hear us, we know we have the petitions we ask of you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord, I ask that you would give this pastor discernment, Father. Father, lead him in the way that you want him to go. Father, give him supernatural protection. Father, give him supernatural guidance and intuition, Lord. Father, as he declares your word to the nation of Iran, Father. Father, we ask for a hedge protection around him, Lord, that you would pour out the anointing oil upon his head in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, that you would quicken his mind, Father, quicken his senses, quicken his reflexes, Lord. Father, deliver him, Father. Your word declares, Yea, that I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, God. So, Father, even now, Lord, we ask that you pour out a blessing on his life, Father. Give him peace which surpasses all understanding, Father. The joy that it says comes through your presence, Lord, because your word declares in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy. Father, anoint his hands, anoint his hands, anoint his hands, anoint his feet, Father, anoint his lips with fire to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations, Father. Holy Spirit, we ask for signs and wonders, Father, to follow him as your word declares, as Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe, Father. So right now, we ask for a mantle, Lord, supernatural miracles, Father, of recreative miracles. 
through the blood of Jesus. Amen. So, so I, um, um, back to this um, discussion. So Bill Johnson said, how is it that we um, spend, put so much emphasis on the physical word of God, um, the actual Bible itself and the actual physical words that are written there, and such little importance on the Holy Spirit? And I thought about it for the last couple of days, and I talked to Chris about it today, and I didn't realize that because I didn't, which y'all may not understand is, or may not know is that me and Chris pretty much never listen to our broadcast, ever. Um, I may have heard in the last year, year and I guess two months now, maybe a little bit more, we've been doing these broadcasts seven days a week for the most part, except for a brief period we took a break. But for the most part in a year and like two months, I've listened to maybe three of the broadcasts. Um, and my wife's listened to a lot more because um, she likes to listen to Christian music or listen to the broadcast when she's doing things. But for the most part, me and Chris never listen to them. Um, I don't know why. I don't like listening to myself. I don't like my own voice. Um, and so I never listened to him. So I had no idea what Chris was talking about last night. And I had no idea what he was um, – but it was interesting. And so we talked about this today, and I was trying to wrap my head around the um, saying, and then I stopped to really think about it. Because, you know, every now and then in the Word of God, um, in the relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ, um, there's a lot of complex, very profound things that the Scripture declares about our lives. Um, and there are things that we, we, we quote a lot and in church um, in our daily lives. And we read the Scripture and we, like, are all happy and we're like, yeah, that's great and that's awesome. But we never really stop and think about what it says. Um, the Bible declares in Ephesians that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It sounds great. It really does. It sounds like this amazing saying, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, but what does it really mean? Um, and do we ever really stop and think about it, what the scriptures really mean? And we know that we need the Holy Spirit to give us revelation into the Word of God. And, you know, it declares that we have an identity in Christ, That's, for example, and that in the spiritual realm, which is far different than the physical realm, we're actually, our authority, our position is seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that we are no longer, another, another scripture in Ephesians says we're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Well, we can't see ourselves being citizens, but in the spiritual realm, that's what we are. That's what God declared we are. And in the physical realm, you may be a citizen of whatever nation and or have dual citizenships or whatever. But we also are citizens of heaven. Whether you can feel it or not, whether you can see it or not, it's true. Um, and so there's a lot of scriptures we really don't really think about. Um, the, word, the, the fact that the Bible says um, Behold what manner of love The Father has bestowed upon us That we should be called children of God And that sounds like a great saying 
it's a great scripture. Um, it makes you feel really great to hear about it, but how many of us actually stop and think about it? And really let those words sink into our hearts that we are called children of God. Not, not that a man walked around or some person on the street walked up to us and said, you're a child of God. No, it's not like that. It's that God himself has declared us children of God. He has looked at us into our lives through eternity, looked down onto this planet as minuscule as this, and tiny as this planet is in the scope of the galaxy itself and said, that person right there, they are my child. And he took possession and ownership of us and declared us to be his children. It's it's an amazing, amazing thing. Um, and it's true. You know, um, there's a lot of scriptures like that. Here's one for you to get a, get a, go along with this topic is that in um, John 6, Actually, you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm going to start earlier. I'm going to start at John. Um, this is chapter 5. John chapter 5, and I'm going to start at verse 16. It says, For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them and said, My Father, God, has been working until now, and I have been working. You know, that's something we all need to um, think about, something um, that Jesus understood that it wasn't him here on the earth doing the work of God. It wasn't. It was that he was doing the work with God. It says, therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him because not only he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. And then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing on his own of himself, but whatever he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Now, I want to paint a parallel to this scripture. Jesus is saying that the only thing he does is what he sees the Father do. It says, he's saying that the Father loved him so much that, and the Father shows him everything. Or what's in the, what is in his heart, what he's doing, and he's going to show him greater works so that we, we would marvel. For as the Father raises the dead, in verse 21, and gives life to them, life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. Now, a parallel to this is Jesus saying to us later on, in the scriptures he said, the works that I do you will do also, and greater works than these you will do because I go to my Father. He said, the Holy Spirit, when he, when he sent, would bring to your remembrance everything I said to you. The scripture declares that the Holy Spirit 
would bring to our remembrance everything that Jesus said. You know, the scripture is, um, I'm going to flip over here real fast. It's John 14, 6, and it says, Oh, wait, that's the wrong one. Oh, 1426. Sorry about that. It says, um, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I said to you. Now, I'll just keep that in mind. And so the same thing that the Father did with the Son is the same thing that the Son has done with us. And it says in verse... Um, 22, for the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. It says, he says later, Jesus says later on, if the world persecutes you, you know that it persecuted, it's not because of us, he said it's because of me. He said, um, and it says, um, he does not honor the Son, does not honor the Father. Verse 24, it says, Most surely I say to you, he who hears my words and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death into life. Most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. <clears throat> The Bible declares that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The spiritually dead will be awakened. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can do nothing, I can, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. And in verse 31, it says, If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John, and he has borne witness of me, of the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these, say these things that you may be saved. He, John, was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than John's for the works which the Father has given me to finish. The very works that I do bear witness of me, that the Father has sent me. You know, I want to stop there for a second and just say this out to all of you who are listening. You don't have to go around proclaiming yourself to be a Christian. You don't have to go around claiming you're this, 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 or this. The Bible says you will know a tree by their fruit. It says that he is the vine and we are the branches and that our life is because of him. If you are out there living for the Lord in communion, seeking his face, 
you won't have to necessarily open your mouth to anybody. The very works that you do will declare that you are a child of God. It says in um, verse 37, And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. But you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent, him you do not believe. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. In verse 40, you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. says over in verse 45, do not think I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? And so here's here's the thing, and I want you all to think about this. Um, Jesus said, and, 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 I'm doing, and I'm saying all this because I think that there's a lot of things that we can teach you about um, with the grace of the Lord and um, by his grace get revelation to impart into you um, to help your belief. But there's also things that you will learn far more from him, from the Holy Spirit, than you could ever learn from us. We can point you in different directions and speak of our experiences, speak of our relationship with the Lord. But there's revelations for you that the Lord has prepared for you. There's revelations that the Lord wants to bring into your life that aren't for us. There are revelations he will give you in the secret place when it's just you and him alone that aren't meant for anybody else. It's a private time for you and the Lord. It's a private communication between you and him. And, you know, even his, even the scriptures, the Holy Spirit will, like Jesus said, he will bring to remembrance the things I said to you. When you search the scriptures, when you're going over the scriptures in the word of God, he will reveal Jesus Christ through those scriptures. The Bible says that in the beginning was the word in First John. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, which is Jesus the very word of God itself points to Jesus. You can't have one without the other. But you can't understand, you can't fully understand the scriptures that point to Jesus without the Holy Spirit giving you revelation. Um, when Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say I am? And then he asked them, who do you say I am? Peter said, you are Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus looked at him and said, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Meaning that it wasn't one of the other disciples or some of the or a fellow Pharisee or a scribe who revealed unto Peter who Jesus was. It was a revelation that came from the Lord. And there are revelations the Lord wants you to have. There are things he wants to reveal to you tonight um, and through the course of your life. Um but you'll only get those when you seek his face and when you're willing um, when you're willing to actually seek him out. Um, 
it says in um, 1 Corinthians 2.10, um, you know, let me actually go to that scripture and read it, because, um, so if you have your Bibles, this is Corinthians 2.10. I never understood a lot of times why, when you're in church, pastors will constantly be like, flip here, and then flip here, and flip here, and, but it's true, now that I get all, have all these scriptures to read, it's, I'd rather y'all actually see them. It says, um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, or verse um, 9, it says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those that love him. But God, and this is chapter 2, verse 10, has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. You know, let me say something about that. Um, I've had the opportunity to talk to my friends, and, you know, a couple of comments, a comment I made to one of my friends once is that when I'm talking to people, I really don't care how the weather is. Um, when I'm talking to my friends and my family, I don't really care. I mean, I care how their day was, but that's but with my friends, that's not what I'm interested in. What I really want to know when I talk to people is what's real to them. I want to know what their desires are. I want to know what makes them breathe on the inside, the, thing that's, the things that really drive them, that burn in their heart, because those are the things that really make up a person. How your, I mean, how the weather was or how your day was is just um, part of life, but and it's part of a circumstance of how any particular day could possibly go. But what's really deep inside of you, those are what makes up a person. And you know, the scripture saying that the Holy Spirit searches deep things of God, and it says in verse eleven, "For what man knows the things of a man, except the spirit of the man which is in him?" Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. You know, what it's saying is that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the heart of the Father. The scripture says that we read a little bit in um, John chapter 5, verse 39, says you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have life, but you're not willing to come to me. And, you know, the disciples in the beginning didn't have the New Testament. They had the Old Testament, but... I don't know how many had a copy in their house. The printing press wasn't made yet, so they had um, scrolls and papyrus and things like that. So they didn't, all the disciples, and you know, you can go back farther to the men and women of God in the Old Testament, Elijah the prophet, who raised people from the dead. Um, the disciples who laid hands on the sick, um, who did mighty works in the name of the Lord. They didn't have a Bible in their hand. What they did have was that the Lord Jesus had impacted their life. 
they had a first-hand encounter with the Lord. And they had his commands and his words to them. And that was enough. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He said, as you go, pray for the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. And they were like, okay, Jesus said it, let's go do it. Now, they didn't have five million scriptures to read or memorized. Um, these were fishermen who didn't know anything about anything. But they heard the words of the Lord, and that was sufficient for them, and they went out and did the works of God. And, you know, I hear in church all the time how everybody wants to be like the disciples and do the works of the disciples and let us have the same Holy Spirit that disciples had and pour out the same fire that the, that was poured out back then. Well, it's it's here. It never left. It never changed. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God. The Bible says the disciples went out proclaiming the word of God and the Holy Spirit confirmed the words with signs and wonders. They preached the Holy Spirit confirmed the words with signs and wonders. Same Holy Spirit we talk about every night. And that's what the disciples had, was the Holy Spirit, like we read the other night when they were praying. They said it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us because they had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, someone told me once, if you're blind and you can't read the Bible, then read Jesus. Because the Bible, the words, the scriptures should not, should, shouldn't just point you to more words. They should point you to a relationship. Because those, these very words are the ones that reveal Jesus. Whenever you're going through the scriptures, whenever you're spending time in the Bible, it should be always continually drawing your heart toward the Lord. And but you need to we need to be asking the Holy Spirit to give us revelation about what we're reading, give us revelation about the heart and desire and the will of God. You know you can easily um, have a problem and search the Bible, trying to find the exact answer to your problem. And you know I can tell you it's in there. But another thing you can do is go get in your prayer closet and pray. And seek the face of the Lord. Incline your ear to the Holy Spirit. And listen to what the heart of the Lord says. As the scripture says, the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. And declares them unto us. The disciples didn't have the Bible. They didn't have um, so many rules and... Um, people standing up saying, well, you can do this, but you can't do this, and you have to do this the right way, and if you're going to talk to someone, you need to go talk to them like this. And um, They just knew that Jesus said, go do it, and they went and did it. And then they were led by the Holy Spirit. You know, some people, and I'm not um, knocking um, Christian colleges. I went to one. Um, but, you know, when Paul... I'm sorry, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, the disciples were gathered together in one place in one accord with the revelation that Jesus Christ was the Son of the living God. 
and that he had been raised, he had raised from the dead. And they knew that the scriptures declared who he was, and he proved who he was. They saw him do signs and wonders, which they helped and had part in. And then it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter went out and he gave this long message because he was filled with fire and led by the Spirit of God. And he started declaring the oracles of the Lord to the crowds. But he never spent a day in Bible college. All he had was the Holy Spirit and the revelation that Jesus is the Lord. And if they had that revelation that Jesus was the Son of God, which we have, and if they had the Holy Spirit, which we have, and we also have the complete Word of God, the Old Testament, the New Testament, we have it on printed back, I mean, we have it, we can print it, we have it on, like, hardback and paperback, we have it small ones, big ones, and we have it on the internet, on our iPads, we have it on our cell phones. How is it we don't have the same works in our lives? Some would say that it's because we have the Word, but we don't have the revelation that comes with the Word. The revelation that changes your life. The revelation that takes the scriptures and makes them alive to you. Like I was saying at the beginning of the broadcast, where it says, we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Well, if the Bible says we're seated in the heavenly places with Christ, then we are. And what we need is revelation to reveal to us through the Holy Spirit, what that really means and how it affects us and how it changes our perspective on our lives. It says we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Well, if we had the attitude and the mindset that that was true, our outlook on the world around us and our lives and how we interact with the world would be completely different. Bible declares that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor um, created and created um, shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. And we read the scripture over and over and over and over and over and over and we try to memorize it and we say it back to ourselves. But do we get the revelation of what that really means? Do we really let the Holy Spirit take those words and make them alive to us? To the point that we believe them. Because I think there's a lot of scriptures that we can know and not believe. We know what they say about us. We know what the Father says about us through his scriptures, but do we believe them? Have we actually let the Father give us revelation to the word so that it transforms our life? 
You know, if the Bible says that we're more than conquerors to him that loved us and that nothing can separate us from the love of God with which in Christ Jesus, then it shouldn't matter what the enemy says. It shouldn't matter what the world says about us. There shouldn't be a single depressed Christian out there who who thinks that they're alone or anything else because the Bible says, for thou art with me. He said in Joshua, be strong and of good courage, for I'm with you wherever you go. We all walk around um, declaring that God is omnipresent, which means that he said he's everywhere. The Bible says, talks about the fullness that fills all in all. The scripture says in Psalms, if um, where can I where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the mountains, if I go to the oceans, if I go into the midst of hell, you're there. But do we believe it? Do we really believe that everywhere we go, he's right there? And how much different would our lives be if we actually got that revelation? When Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do greater. When he said, go into the nations, lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. We need that revelation. That it's not just words that we speak and words that we proclaim, but it's words that we live because we believe them. Because they're part of, our our, of what our identity is. You know, Jesus said... Well, we read in um, John 5, uh, 19 and 20, Jesus said he didn't do anything unless he saw his father do it. He spent time with the Lord, heard the voice of the Lord, listened to the heart of the Father, and that became his identity. In the same way, the scriptures of the Word of God should become our actual identity, not just words that we preach and not just words that we say, but they should literally become part of who we are. But that revelation only comes through the Holy Spirit. Um, what Jesus was referring to when he says, he starts the scriptures, for in them you think you will have life. You have life, but you're not willing to come to me, is that... Many people will go around the scriptures and they'll use it to prove one thing or the other. But they become empty words. Because there's no power behind them. There's no relationship behind them. There's no Holy Spirit behind them. They're just words that they read. But the Bible says in 1 John, if you turn there, um, 1 John um Chapter 2, verse 24, it says, Therefore let that abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who just try to deceive you. But the anointing, the Holy Spirit, which you have received from him, abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, 
but it's the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and it's true, and it's not a lie. And just as as it is as it excuse me, just as it has taught you, you will abide in Him. And back up in verse twenty, it says, "But you have the anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things." Anything you want to hear from God, anything, any revelation you need from the Scripture can come from the Holy Spirit if you will let Him become your teacher, if you will make room for Him, if you will ask Him to open up the Word of God and make it alive to you, to make it not just a stagnant pond, but a river of living water springing up into everlasting life. Because that's the water that you'll drink and you'll never be thirsty again. Our call-in number, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for something, give us a call. You can also email us your prayer request at prayerinternational at gmail.com. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back once I find a good song. Wait, don't 
As deep cries out, too deep, we want nothing else. As deep cries out, too deep, sing, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, come. You're all that we want. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And you're all that we need. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We don't want to go without your presence, oh God. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Just come. Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. So we've been talking um, in the first hour about some of the scriptures and believing the scriptures. Um, You know, something that's occurred to me, um, and I, I guess I should say it, is that be very careful what you proclaim just in case you have to live it. Um, and what I'm saying is is that, um, I'll give you an example, is I had a friend once who was having financial issues, um, lots of financial issues, and so they were in um, the Netherlands at the time, and I was in the United States. And so we'd spend a lot of time on the phone praying, and um, I would constantly declare to her the Word of God. Because it's easy to declare the Word of God, about a situation that you're not in to someone else. It's a lot more difficult to learn to declare the word of God on yourself and over yourself when you're in a situation yourself. And not soon after um, that season of this person was having the financial difficulties um, and I kept proclaiming the word of God about trusting the Lord, I found myself in a situation where I needed to trust the Lord. And you know, that being said, people, um, you know, people call into this broadcast all the time and we pray for them and people get healed there. And whether it's our faith or their faith or just um, because the Bible declares that if we ask anything in his name, he'll do it. And people get healed. But you could pray for yourself. You could lay hands on yourself and have the same breakthrough, have the same power of the Holy Spirit. You could go and pray for your neighbors, go lay hands on your friends and your family and declare the word of God over them and have the same effect because it's not about the person, it's about the Holy Spirit. It's about the word of God. And, you know, You need to believe and understand what you believe, especially in these last days when the darkness is getting darker and, you know, the Bible declares true light is already already shining. And what I mean by that is that it's getting easier and easier to to distinguish the children of darkness from the children of light, those who are children of God, 
either. I mean, which, like we said, um, you'll know a tree by their fruit. You can tell by their actions and those who are not. You can tell those people who are completely sold out for the Lord, who've given everything over to the Lord and those who haven't, and those who flat out aren't serving the Lord. You can tell. And you need to know what you believe, because there's always going to be some doctrine that comes along or some new thing. But, you know, or it'll appear to be new, but Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. There's always some doctrine. There's always some philosophy, some theology, some revelation that man has about something. But the revelation that we need to be concerned with is the revelation that comes with God. Um, I had a friend tell me once, and I may have told this story before, about a kid who decided he wasn't going to watch the news anymore because he figured if God wanted him to know something, God would tell him. So he decided to trust the Lord with all his information. And so he continually sought the Lord. And if the Lord wanted to tell him something, then he would listen to the Lord. You know, the Bible says that the the word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. The word being Jesus Christ. Um, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, I am the way. If you don't know which direction you're going, it's him. He's the truth. If you want to know what's true about anything, look to Jesus. And he's the life. There is no life in anything in this world except for the Lord Jesus Christ. Our life is because of him. It's through him. It's in him. The Bible declares our lives are hidden in Christ. It says we are buried with him in baptism. It says, consider yourself to be dead of sin but alive to God. Um, our old men were buried with Christ Jesus. We were raised in the newness of life. We went down uh, one one creature, and we came up a completely different one. The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The only downside to that is a lot of people don't realize that they're a new creation. They've never, they've heard it, but they've never got the revelation they're a new creation, so they walk around acting like the old creation because they don't know any better. Um, someone told me once that if you take a baby elephant, and I wish I could try this, but I probably never could. Um, if you take a baby elephant when it's really young and you take a rope, even a small rope, tiny rope, and you tie it to his leg and you tie it to a pole so that the elephant is stuck on this pole against this rope. As it grows up, it'll never break the rope because it will assume that it can't. That thing of bondage that it had gotten so used to will become part of its identity that even when it could escape, it won't because it doesn't know that it can we, in the same way, have these great and precious promises of the Lord as far as our walk with him, as far as our relationship with him, as far as what is actually possible. And I guess, I mean, something that I, wanted, I want to talk about is, you know, what is possible with the Lord if we believe what the scripture declares? Um, there's nothing that the Bible says has ever happened, no story that is written, 
that was exclusive, maybe outside of the park into the Red Sea and um, things like that. But, I'm, but as far as like God performing miracles, people being raised from the dead, it still happens today. Blind eyes being opened still happens today. The lepers being healed still happens today. People, I mean, people getting saved still happens today. All the miracles, all the things that we see in the scriptures that were not works necessarily, even though they could consider works, but they were more signs of a person whose life was in God and hidden in God. Those who had taken the scripture, believed the scripture, and acted upon the scripture. Which back then, when the disciples were walking around, it wasn't scripture, it was actually the word of God, which it still is. Um, we can take everything that the Bible, the Bible says and understand that there's no difference between the Bible saying it and Jesus saying it to us. And if we have the words of Jesus, then we can act upon the words of Jesus. We can live the words of Jesus. We can declare those words over our life and let our life be transformed by them and let our lives be shaped by them so that our actions end up lining up with what the Scripture says. Then you go out and you don't have to spend days and hours trying to get ready for some crisis when some crisis happens because you're already ready. Um, there's a um, missionary in um, Mexico who said that him and his family fast six months out of every year, which, you know, me fasting a, a day or two is actually pretty hard, but him and his family, I mean, they're in a volatile situation and the midst of a place where there's almost nobody who knows who the Lord is. They're, they go to remote tribes and villages, and there's a lot of demonic activity. And they fast six six months out of every year, every other day. They're fasting. They're the entire family, it's not just the father, not just the dad, but the children too. He wakes his family up every day around 4 or 5 a.m., and his whole family together spends time in the Word of God. They spend time praying. They spend time seeking the Lord Jesus. And six months out of the year they fast. And he said the reason is, is so that way he continually, him and his family continually stay in a place of readiness and preparedness so that when there's an opportunity glorify the Lord through something, or there's an opportunity for the Lord to be glorified through them. There's an opportunity for the Word of God to be fulfilled in someone's life. They don't have to go at that moment and say, well, you know, I know you need healing. I know you need prayer. I know you need deliverance. I know you need this addiction broken. Let me go and pray about it. Let me go seek the Lord. Let me go fast. Let me go do this. Let me go do that. But they're always ready, like the scriptures is be ready in season and out and out of season. They're continually ready, continually seeking the Lord. So no matter what happens, wherever they're at, they always know where they stand in the Lord. They always know their identity in the Lord. There's great signs and wonders that happen in their ministry. Not because they have some kind of special anointing, because it's the same Holy Spirit in all of us. Because they know what the Bible says about the anointing of the Holy Spirit and what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit in their lives, which is the same for our lives. And they choose to walk in it every minute 
of every day. Um, the pastor in California, um, Bill Johnson, said that he will occasionally have people ask him about his mall ministries. And what will happen is he'll tell his congregation, the young people, the old people, he'll say, here's what you do. You walk into the nearest mall. And, you know, wouldn't it be interesting if we all did this? He said, you walk into a mall and you walk around. And if you see someone on crutches, you see someone in a wheelchair, you see someone with some kind of illness or sickness or tumor or whatever it is, and the very fact that you see them makes them open game to pray for them. It puts them as like a piece in motion for the Lord to be glorified and for you to deliver the truth of the gospel to their life and their situation and to take the authority of the kingdom of heaven and let it be manifested in the physical realm on earth because you know what the scripture says and you believe that it's true. So no matter who it is, you just go pray for them. Now what if every Christian who believed the Lord and believed what the Word of God declared over them and had the revelation that the Word of God was true for their lives were doing that? Half the hospitals would be cleared out, nursing homes would clear out, insane asylums would be cleared out. It'd be hard to find a sick person anywhere because there'd be so many people praying for healing and people would be getting healed left and right. But it doesn't happen because people don't believe. I think, and then that, that's just my opinion. They don't believe it. They don't walk it. I mean, some people do. You'll see it here and there, and often, you'll, every now and then, you'll hear of, like, a ministry where there's a lot of healings or there's a moment of revival. And, you know, something about revival is um, there's always going to be some place where there's some special thing going on, and the Lord's doing some special work there. And you'll find people who will drive halfway around the country to get to it because they don't necessarily realize that it's the same Holy Spirit with them as in that place and the same anointing, the same move of the Lord is just as possible where they're at in their city in their town, in their house as it is wherever but if we just believed his word to be true we believe what the scripture says and we got the revelation from the Holy Spirit our lives would be completely different you would never doubt you'd never have any fear when the Bible says he has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind and like we said the other night if God hasn't given you the spirit of fear then it must have come from the enemy so immediately you can cast it down, like the scripture says, cast down every thought that ex and bring into captivity every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You can immediately, the second you start to get fear, cast it out, declare the word of God over you, and have faith and trust in the Lord.
and give something to the Lord and have peace about it, regardless of what the situation is. If you believe that the scripture says that, which you can believe the scripture says now, though the question is, do you believe that applies to you? Is God a liar or is he not? Is some of the word of God true or is it not? We know the Bible says that God declared in Isaiah, the words that come from my mouth will not return to me void, but they will accomplish that for which I sent them. The Bible says, I know the thoughts I have for you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 30, 33, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you know not of. Do we believe it? We know the Bible says it, but do we believe it? Does it apply to us? Is it part of our lives? Do we live our lives as if these scriptures about us are true? When the Bible declares that we're new creatures in Christ Jesus, new creations in Christ Jesus, do we live like it's true? Do we live it because it's become our identity, that the Holy Spirit has given us revelation, that that, that means us, that means that's our life. That's what is possible in our life. And the only reason we don't have it is because we don't walk in it because we choose not to, whether from disbelief or because of disobedience. Either way, we don't walk in what the, in the, what the Word of God declares about us for some reason or another. And the question is why. And it's probably different for everybody. Um, I find myself, which seems really weird to say something like this since I'm doing a broadcast almost seven nights a week, um, I find myself constantly having to go through scriptures and really stop and think about them, really search my heart to find out if what the Bible says, if I really believe it, is it really something that I'm living in my life? Is my life, or are the fruits of my life, do they line up with what the Word of God declares? The Bible says you will know them by their fruits. And like I said, you don't have to proclaim anything to anybody. Your your fruits will declare who you are. Jesus said that the works I do bear witness of me. He didn't have to declare at any time that he was the Son of God because the works, the works that he performed declared it for him. And that's important. The works that we do in this world declare whose we are and whom we belong to. The authority that you walk around with declares who you are and who you belong to. The anointing you walk around with declares who you are and whom you belong to. The words you speak declare who you are and who you belong to. The life you live declares who you are and who you belong to. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Whatever you think about yourself, whether you believe what the world says, you believe what your emotions or feelings tell you, or whether you believe what the Bible declares about you, will shape and fashion and mold your very personality, every action, the way you conduct your life, the way you live your life. When you're driving somewhere, 
and you see someone who's in need, whatever it is, it's the first thought out of your out of your mind and in your heart. Is it something negative or is it prayer? And if what we do and what our actions say don't line up with the Word of God, you know, the Bible says, in the Psalms it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me into the way everlasting. You know, that's something we still have to do today. We still have to guard our hearts. We still have to let the Lord search us and find anything that may not be pleasing him, any areas of disobedience, any areas where we're not walking the truth of what the scriptures say about us, where we don't realize really who we are. And I think it's true, we don't always realize who we are and whom we belong to. This is Prayer International Radio. Our call in number six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. We're going to take another break because I'm exhausted tonight and we will be right back.
Look at the person next to you. Just look at them. Don't say anything. Just look at them. On the left and on the right. Now, do you know what you see? I'll tell you what you see. You see the victory of Jesus in that person that you're standing next to. Hallelujah. That's what you see. For all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Satan had his hooks in us, but Jesus has conquered Jesus told his disciples, he said, I've seen Satan fall like lightning. Amen. But we've seen him ascended. So he's lifted up and he has the victory. Amen.
said a carpenter. Some said a teacher. They said a prophet. They said he's a fraud. He's God. But he's fully a man. And he was born to be a king. No, he was silent. Like a lamb to the slaughter, he was silent. In his patience, he endured. But I know the end of the story. And we're only at the beginning, the beginning. He's coming. He's alive. He's alive.
coming king. People walking around with their fingers in their ears singing da da I don't want to hear the sound of the coming king. But he said, he said, well, I have held my peace for a long, 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 long time. And in my silence, you thought that I was all together.
you know, um, you know, let's pray. Um, Father, tonight, Lord, we desire. You know your word to say your word your word declares, Father, that you will give us the desires of our hearts. So, Father, I ask that you would transform our desires to be your desires. Lord, change our hearts, Father, so they long and they yearn for you, Lord. Remove any desires that we have, Father, that do not line up with your word, Father, for our lives. Transform us, Lord, into the image of your Son, as your word declares that we are being changed, Father. We've been transformed, Father. It says in Corinthians, we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, Lord. Holy Spirit, reveal to us the Lord Jesus Christ. Reveal to us the heart of the Father tonight. Holy Spirit, reveal to us the deep things of God, Lord. Let them be real in our lives. Give us your heart tonight, Father, for the lost. Give us your heart for the nations. Reveal to us, Father, how to walk. In your word Reveal to us how to walk In the authority That you've already given us We don't necessarily need a new anointing Because we have The anointing that comes from the Holy Spirit We don't always need a new revelation Jesus Because you are a revelation So we reveal to us The magnitude of your work on the cross in our lives, Jesus. Father, tonight, anybody who's listening, Lord, who is in any type of addiction or bondage, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God, we ask and demand complete and total healing over them. Loose them in the name of Jesus Christ. Loose them in the name of Jesus. Father, we break the bondage of addiction in the name of Jesus. We break it in the name of Jesus. You know, here's a funny story, um, which sort of goes along with what we've been talking about tonight. Um, it just came to my mind. Um, Smith Wigglesworth. Um, if any, none of you have heard of him. He was a minister a long time ago. And he had a lot of um, miracles that happened during his ministry. But he was continually in the presence of God, continually in the Word of God. And, But it was interesting because there was a, child, a kid who was possessed with a demon who he was told he needed to pray for. And so he went to this person's house, and he walked up to the person who was demon-possessed, and he said, he 
told the demon to come out in the name of Jesus, and he turned around and started walking away. And while he's walking to the door, this um, demon who hadn't actually left just yet kept walking, following him, taunting him. And finally, Smith Wigglesworth gets to the door. He turns around and he says, I said, go. And the demon left. Because the demon knew the authority he had, and Smith Wigglesworth knew the authority he had. He didn't have to quote a bunch of scripture. He didn't have to beg and plead. He knew what the Word of God declared. He knew that he had all the authority from Christ Jesus, and he declared it. And so here's the thing. You will notice that there's only one time in Scripture that Jesus said, this when he was talking about someone getting um, or casting out demons, it was the only time that Jesus said this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. Every other time Jesus prayed for someone, it was immediate. He said a few words, and that was it. Be, do you want to be made well? And the person would say yes. Jesus will, would say, rise up and walk. Or he'd say, go and sin no more. Your faith has made you well. And even Peter would walk by, and the very shadow of Peter touching someone would be enough to heal him. Peter walking, Peter walking up to the man who is at the gate, and the man was asking for alms, and Peter said, silver and gold I have I none, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ and Nazareth, rise up and walk. It wasn't a long, drawn-out prayer. It was a simple, it was a quick statement of the truth that whatever the Word of God declares, whatever authority and the will of God and what the will of God is, it's all that matters. So they declared it, and it happened. Sometimes we find ourselves thinking that we need something long and drawn out, something super formal. And we have to always quote a whole bunch of scriptures in order for our prayers to be answered. But in reality, all we need is, even though quoting scriptures um, helps when we pray, but all that matters is the name of Jesus and the authority that we have in Christ. The authority was given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ to walk in. And, you know, another story is Smith Glugasworth was in a meeting and there was a guy in the meeting who had a heart attack. So Smith Glugasworth walks up to this guy who had a heart attack and actually the guy died. And he picks him up and he throws him against the wall. And the guy falls down dead. Still dead. So he picks him up, throws him against the wall again and for the second time, he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the guy falls down and gets dead again for the second time. Smith Wigglesworth picks him up again, throws him against the wall, and said, I said walk. You have to understand and have the revelation of the authority you have in Christ Jesus when you're out in the world. You have the authority, you have the same Holy Spirit that the disciples had to perform the same signs and wonders 
through the Holy Spirit that the disciples did. Jesus said that all the authority in heaven and earth was given to him, and he gave it to us. The same words he declared to the disciples apply to us. And so, if we're not seeing the works of Jesus happening, then is the problem that Jesus is not performing those works anymore, which we know is not true because the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, behold, I changed not. Well, is it the person's fault who you're praying for? No, because it can't be because half the people that Jesus prayed for didn't have any clue who he was, and he still prayed for him. He still healed him. The blind man that Peter played for didn't necessarily have any idea who Jesus was, but Peter did. When Peter's shadow would hit someone and they'd be healed. Scripture doesn't say anything about those pers- that person who got healed ever have hurting hearing the name of Jesus, never following Jesus. But Peter knew who he was in the Lord. He knew the authority. He knew the assignment. He knew that the Father had sent him and given him a command saying, Go, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Cast out demons. Cleanse the lepers. Declare and preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God at hand means that the authority of the kingdom of the living God becomes manifest in the physical realm here on earth. It applies to our finances. It applies to healings. It applies to everything. If we're not seeing the works of God, then it's not God's fault. It's because we're not walking in them or we don't believe them. And so we don't act in them. Because you'll only act upon that which you believe to be true in your life. Which makes it all the more reason that we need to constantly be in the scriptures. Finding out what the word of God declares over our lives. Asking the Holy Spirit to give us fresh revelation into the words of God. To make them real and to make them alive in our lives. So that we can walk in them. Your life can be transformed. But it only comes through revelation. It only comes when you become a new person in Christ Jesus. When you leave the things of the flesh behind. You leave the desires. You leave the expectations. You leave the understanding of the flesh behind and decide that you're going to walk in the spirit. Decide that no matter what the word of God declares, you're going to believe it to be true in your life. When the Bible says that he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, you're going to believe that God is going to provide for you, no matter what happens. No matter what the situation, no matter what the bill, no matter how much of a crisis it may seem like, you're going to believe that he is the God who provides And that he is more than enough. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. The same God that provided yesterday will provide for bride tomorrow. He's Jehovah Rophe, the Lord who heals. We know the scripture declares that by the stripes of Christ Jesus were healed. Either he's the God who heals or he's not. 
either you believe he is or he's not. If you don't believe it, then there's no reason to pray for anybody. But if you do believe it, there's no reason not to pray for someone. The Bible says, freely you have received, freely give. Being a giver isn't, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, but being a giver isn't just about giving the physical money to people. When it says, freely you have received, freely give, that's everything. Including the words of the Lord, including the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, including the knowledge of who he is and the salvation that only comes through the name of Jesus. The Bible says there is no other name given among heaven and earth by which men must be saved. You will walk what you believe. You will believe what you hear and repeat and what you declare over yourself. The Bible says your words are living. If you declare negative things over yourself, you're going to start believing the negative things. You're going to start walking the negative things. If you leave, believe what God said about you, you're going to start speaking what God said about you. You're going to start thinking what God said about you to be true. And you're going to start living what God said about you. And you're going to start walking in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, walking in the Spirit, realizing all the blessings and the rights you have as a child of God, knowing that your citizenship isn't in heaven. I mean, that your citizenship isn't on earth, but it's in heaven, knowing that you're adopted into the kingdom of the Most High God, knowing that the Bible declares that we are sons of God. Anyway, this is Prayer International Radio. Our call number 619-638-8458. We will be back at 10 o'clock tomorrow night. So we're going to go out with some more worship. If anybody has a prayer request between now and tomorrow, please email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.